You're listening to the Midnight Banter Show. It's getting late. You look at your watch and it reads 3 a.m. You stretch your ears as if to capture the slightest of sounds coming from the outside in, but there is no response. Nothing is eager to get caught in the net of your eardrums. You look around the room and everything is still on the inside as well. There is nothing shifty, shifting on any of the corners of your modestly sized chamber. Not that you can see clearly in the dark, no. You put out your night candle a good half hour ago in search of Morpheus. But there is enough moonlight penetrating the window that overlooks the backside of the saloon, or in, as you suppose it should be called, since it offers room and board to chase your whiskey with. For all this absence of light and sound, however, you are still awake. And you can't get those eyelids to shut down, no matter what you do. Funny thing is that they are heavy. But every time you try to close them, they open up immediately. You try counting sheep, <laughs> an old trick your mama had taught you while you were still in the cradle, so to speak, but this technique has never been much help, and it's none now. You switch to cattle, but that doesn't do much either. Not much in the way of drowsiness, that is, but you find the picture of heavy cows lined up before a fence and taking turns leaping from one side of it to the other. Quite amusing. Time passes by, but you're unable to call it a night. So, you call it quits. Your father once told you to always sleep with your boots on in case you have to bail, which is something you have stuck to your whole life and which has saved your bacon more times than you care to remember. You join your palms in prayer underneath your chin, bow forward just the once, and say, Thank you, Dad. God rest your soul. You get up from bed. Pretty much like your boots, the rest of your attire is already on, so you have no clothes to jump into. That is a liberty you have taken yourself over the years. You are already wearing everything you need in order to bail. You walk toward the window to catch a glimpse of the moon and reflect in its magical power. Oh, Luna, you say with your inside voice and take a moment to look at its reflection on the black shade of the rocky cliffs that seem to relish the attention in the dark of night. Look down at, but not down on, the sandy soil that seems to simmer with a moon glow as though it were a vast expanse of ocean water instead of the parched sand that it is. You decide to get out of this place, at least for now, and join the rock and the sand in this silent revelry.
You turn your doorknob counterclockwise and open the door leading out of your cell. That wave again. Definitely not your thought. This isn't your cell. It's your room. You can check in and out as you please. You're not sure whether you're making that statement in order to prove something to the mysterious force sending you that thought interference, or whether you're trying to convince yourself that you still have your wits about you. You gently close that door behind you and start walking into the carpeted corridor, taking stock of all the doors to your left and right implying the existence of many more rooms that you thought this place had the capacity for when you first looked at it from the outside. You hear some snoring so loud that it makes it all the way to the corridor and quietly laugh at the thought of a string of Z's being pushed out of the sleeper's nose and gathering up over their heads in the air in a cloud of black ink the letters dancing to an imaginary lullaby. You tread carefully so as not to wake anyone up. And it takes some time before you reach the landing of the staircase that will now take you back to ground floor. As you descend, you snap at your boots for eliciting creaks from every single wooden stair as you go down. As soon as you've reached the foot of the stairs, you wish you hadn't cursed at your boots so audibly just seconds ago, for the bar room is not empty at all. Almost all the patrons from before are still here, as if waiting for you. Welcome to the Midnight Banjo Show, a program where we explore the captivating world of country music, its musical ingredients, and the story they tell, all the while narrating the life and times of, well, you, of course. everybody and welcome to episode 6 of our series. How are you all doing? How's your summer going? I hope it's at least half as fabulous as mine is. Well, mine is not really fabulous to be honest because I'm in between jobs and I'm talking about my day job of course. So even though it's very rewarding and exciting and all that at the same time it's a high pressure period for me. So yeah, that was only a joke. However, I do hope that you are having a rocking summer changed my adjective now. And yeah, it's just great to be back with this nearly full-length episode, because it's not exactly a full-length episode. And yeah, why don't I tell you a few more words about this. On this episode, you will only listen to the story. You've already heard a good half of it, and there's a bit more to come. Um, I mean, slightly more than just a bit more. But anyway, another 10 minutes worth or so. And the main purpose of this segment is for you to reacquaint yourself with the lore of the Eternal West and prepare for the rest of this season. In two weeks from now, you should expect part 7 of What the Country 
where we'll talk about yet another subgenre of the music we're all passionate about. Until then, I just want to thank you for your continuous support and listenership, and I hope that you'll enjoy the story. Now, the only thing that I will ask of you today is to head on over to our Facebook group or just our page and tell us which format you prefer. You now have more than a couple of points of reference and comparison and we would really appreciate your feedback. Now, with all that aside, I wish you a very pleasant summer and I'll see you in about two weeks. Oh, and know what time it is right now? Well, but of course, it's story time. still filled with many of the patrons from before, and you would hate to have the spotlight shine upon you yet again, especially at this ungodly hour. You feel the hairs on the nape of your neck rise at the thought of ungodly. Surveying the area a bit more carefully, you realize they are all sleeping. Weird though it is, All the remaining customers still within the halls have found a table to rest their heads upon and they seem to be pleasantly drifting into implied dimensions of bliss. You wonder if that's so because there is so much demand for accommodation here that there is no vacancy upstairs or whether this was a deliberate choice on their part. At any rate, you set out for the swinging doors but you walk on tiptoe so that you are not noticed. Taking each step with care, avoiding any planks that look like they might be noisy. A few seconds pass and you are so close to the door. You stretch your hand forward to push the right hand flap aside. Stop it right there! You got caught! Another pop-up thought interferes. You hesitate a moment and you wish you had just imagined that. You turn your head slightly to the left and steal a glance out back with a corner of your eye. Where are you off to, mister? I believe you have something that belongs to me, he continues. You can't help but visualize his utterances in block capitals. The gentleman who invited you to tomorrow's duel seems to be having an imaginary argument with somebody in the land of dreams. No cause for concern. It was all a false alarm. You're finally out of there. You look at Luna up above and extend a silent gesture of gratitude towards her. You have always thought of the moon as a she, the mistress of the night, you think, in flight. You sense the cool breeze of the night aiding in the lowering of the temperature at ground level in preparation for tomorrow's changing of the guard when the star of the morning will start scorching the earth as is its habit every day, without fail, seemingly. 
You let your irises take in the darkness and the pale moonlight about you. Your lungs fill up with a breeze, and your heart consolidate that feeling of content. You cherish that moment, and you tune to the sounds of the night. But not for long. With your back turned to the saloon slash inn, you see something move at the limits of your field of vision, triggering an imagined alarm. As a matter of fact, this something is moving towards you. Its pace is leisurely, but it carries itself with resoluteness. You say or think it as it walks in your direction or falls. It's a mammal of some sort. It can't be a prairie dog. If it is, it's the biggest one you've ever seen. Nor does it look like any of the wilder animals that inhabit the canyon. It's certainly not a grey fox or a mountain lion. But the more it approaches, the more its silhouette becomes clearer. And it is a feline of a different nature. A run-of-the-mill cat. If you were apprehensive just seconds ago, you're now eager to welcome this trespasser into the clearing. Again, not your thoughts. You don't regard this visitor to your side of the clearing a trespasser. Rather, a much-needed companion at this time of night. You stoop down in order for the cat to understand that you pose no threat, not that it seems to be easily intimidated anyway, and you alternate between curls and stretches of your index finger to invite the cat to come even closer. Not that it understands human body language, but it's worth a try. You can't bring yourself to say, here, kitty kitty, as it doesn't agree with the boots, the hat, and the empty holsters flanking your side. The cat is now less than five feet away and you marvel at the texture of its black and white fur. Black on top, with a white belly and legs. Its tail, an antenna of black with a white point, ready to intercept any signal that's out there. The fur looks so clean and neat, as though someone had just finished brushing it. Maybe someone did, for all you know. There's only one thing that doesn't add up, which adds a little bit of disquiet to your state of mind. The cat seems to be walking with its broad head pointed downward, its thick neck bent, like you were doing some minutes ago in the saloon when you were trying not to jostle anyone awake. The cat is making his, it turned into a he now, way towards you with the elegant care and grace that only cats display when partaking in an action as plain and nondescript as walking. He's less than a stone's throw away from you. He's actually closer than an arm's length now. Stooped as you are, your nose could touch the flat of his head if you wanted. That's how close he's gotten now. Hello there, you say, but you get no response back. It would have been an alarming indication of declining wits, if you had. But you then realize that you probably never even said those two words. You just tried to send a wave to the cat. 
You've always thought that it was old habits that I had, not new ones. Still, this newfound mode of communication is nice and effortless. So you seem to have already incorporated it into your repertoire of means of social interaction. You clear your throat <clears throat> and try again. Hello there. Little did you know that this time you were going to get a response, albeit not a verbal one. The cat turns its head up now, staring at you all of a sudden, as if to prompt you to explain what you meant by that greeting. You recoil in terror, for the cat's eyes are not normal. Instead of a set of eyes, the cat's sockets seem to be emanating an eldritch greenish glow. His mouth is wide open, exposing the sharpest teeth you've ever seen, but there is no tongue in sight, just black. He is raising his paw, exposing the longest claws you've ever seen a cat brandish at you. You hear one of those intrusive waves again, but this time it's not a comment or a suggestion. It's a command. Thank you for listening to the Midnight Banjo Show, a podcast written, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Panos K, a banjoist from Athens, Greece. This program is an homage to country music, and your listenership is appreciated beyond words. After all, a podcast with an audience is a dialogue. One without is a monologue. Let's keep the dialogue going. Thank you.